0: Welcome back to Sound and Sight. This is Tom Curran. I already said that, dear. All right, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Holy God, I I was going to say, Holy God, we praise thy name, Lord of all. We bow before (laughs) thee. Uh, You know, when I'm praying, sometimes I end up wanting to say, good, good Father. You're such a good, good Father, and I think I can't because the song just comes into my mind. All right, I actually stopped praying. Lord, Heavenly King. Oh my, <laughs> now I went into the uh, Eucharistic prayer. All right. <laughs> Lord Jesus, you are the good shepherd, showing us the way to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> this is terrible. This, this has never like, happened to me before. Is, are you seriously? I, I'm sorry. It's, uh, whatever, I, whatever I'm starting off in prayer, I have this continuation that kind of comes from some, some, some place. Often it's from the liturgy or from some other devotion. Okay, let's start over. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Holy Spirit, please guide us in this program, Uh, anoint us, and give us the grace to be docile to your prompting. Help us to love you more, Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you love us so much. I thank you that you are a merciful God that forgives us. Please, Lord, bless us. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I feel like I should share something. Maybe, I feel like it wasn't by accident that I went down that chain. Uh, maybe Who, I'm getting super spiritual. I've never done this is before. That, is that getting super spiritual?
1: No, I, th- I, I think the Spirit is moving. It's like, what was that? He's awakening. Why did I
0: do that? And I ended up with a prayer to the Holy Spirit. And honestly, I went to the Holy Spirit because there aren't that many prayers addressed to the Holy Spirit. Prayers are often addressed to the Father or to the Son. So I felt like it was a safety net to go to the Holy Spirit and uh, begin there. Well, it was let's see. Listening to this program is Friday. Wednesday night when I was praying with John Mark, we were doing the 33-day consecration, the total consecration to Jesus through Mary uh, prayers. And um, I was uh, I was praying um, and we did the praise and worship before then. We had that praise and worship time. Yes. And I had a sense of the person of the Holy Spirit present in the room, and it was it was powerful. It was a power. It wasn't a vague, misty presence. It was a, a personal presence, the divine person of the Holy Spirit, that the third person of the Blessed Trinity was there, and I sensed, I sensed Him there, with like. Drawing close to me, and there with us in the prayer. It, it was beautiful. It, I occasionally will have senses like that of of God's manifest personal presence. There's something more concrete. Um, even though the the person of God is infinite, there is there's something concrete about the personality of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And when I have a sense of the personality of one of the persons of the Trinity present to us in prayer, it's distinct it's it's, it's this is not the Father, this is not the son, this is the Holy Spirit and I, I don't know why I shared that I, I, maybe it's a I, I shared that for some reason. Um, I will often on the program just go with the flow, go go with the prompting and so i I sort of went with the prompting there to share that. And and maybe it's this. Ask for the Lord to show himself to you. Ask for the Holy Spirit to make himself more tangibly, personally, concretely uh, uh, manifest to you in your prayer time. And watch what happens. Just watch what God will do. Uh, God so desires to come closer to us than we imagine. And I just, I believe that we settle for less because we don't press in further. We settle for less because we don't press in further. Carry on. Uh, Earlier in the week, I had on a guest, uh, uh, Deborah, Deborah Johnson. She uh, is the leader, the director of the School of Ministry of Encounter. And she traced back the beginning of Encounter to Uh, this father, uh, Paul uh, Thalen, and um, a layperson that was on a staff who both had this tremendous yearning for God. They were longing for God, longing for God, seeking the Lord, yearning for the Lord. And they just wanted more and more and more of God. And then this impartation came, and there was all of this breakthrough where all of a sudden the Lord started to move in their life, on their life and through their life and signs and wonders and deeds of power, the miraculous, the supernatural started breaking in. And it was connected to their yearning and their yearning. That was a vigiling their yearning. That was a vigiling and a pressing in and a crying out and a saying, Lord, don't hold back. Lord, please. We want more. We want more of you.
1: I just love that. That is awesome. We just came back from Priest Lake and, the gift of that is there was no cell service. So five days without cell service or a phone, except for when we drove into a town and hooked up to a coffee shop Wi-Fi because our son had to take a class for driver's ed. But I tell you, the amount of chaos, noise, distractions that the phone has on me is a problem. And I know I've talked about this before, but it really is a, prof- a problem because of the profound encounter I had just reading some of great Catholic literature and prayer, and being in nature. It was just awakening or a removing of a, a cloud of darkness. And even coming back, I just feel so much more connected to the Spirit. And I do sense time. I thought say more connected to
0: the internet. <laughs> <laughs> no. And less connected to the spirit. But now Ooh. you have this connection to the spirit, which is awesome. Well, I don't want to lose this.
1: Because being there, you think, what's different? Why is this different? What's going on? How? What is? When you're on your phone all the time, you just don't realize all the blockage, all the You destroy, I, all the,
0: When I am on the phone. When
1: you. On when it. anyone. Anyone. Anyone, <laughs> anyone. You. Me. The mouse in my pocket. That's what you always say. Um, it's a reality of, of how our culture is. And I, I just do not want to settle for that. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being compromised, not only choosing it, but put, having it put upon me. And, and I, it's like I've beaten a drum, but, um, there was such a connection to what I was reading in the time with God I don't know. And I don't think that it's just because I didn't have a phone. I think the Lord is moving. I think the Holy Spirit is moving. I think there is this sense that um, it's not that... This is what I got today when I was was praying. It's not that we are um, changing our way or we're becoming seeking more holy. I said this to my son. He put that desire in our heart. He put that, that thirst and that ache for him in our heart. I think He's awakening that thirst. I think He's awakening a spirit within us to to seek deeper, to go deeper, to be one with Christ, to put off the old self, to put off the disease of sin, of darkness, of temptation, and to really seek God and His goodness in the light. And it's a grace, because there's nothing really that I've done in the last year or two years differently. I think you just know... When you walk with the Lord, there are times where He out He pours out His Spirit, or He thins the veil, or He um, allows an outpouring. It's supernatural. It's not some like I said. It's just not something I can say. Oh, I I prayed extra hard, or I sought Him like this group you're just talking about that they worked really really hard and they you know got up every morning and, and sought the Lord, which is not a bad. That's a great thing. <laughs> Don't want to dish that at all, but it's also such a grace because I know what a weak and feeble, sinful person I am at at times, um, and it's without my own merit, I guess. I don't know. I just want to give him all the glory. If he awakens that in us, praise be to him. If he doesn't, let us stay faithful. There's a song that um, Michael W. Smith sings, and I don't have the lyrics right in front of me, but um, it's uh, The Waymaker, and it goes, even when we can't see him working, he's working. In, even when we can't see uh, him performing miracles, he's where I'd not have to look up the lyrics. is going to bug me, <laughs> but the song is that, you know, for years we get glimpses and moments and encounters with the Lord and he pulls us and keeps us engaged and he keeps us at, at, in the game and he draws us. But I'm like, okay, but Lord, there's more, right? Because I see the world around me and I see society and it's crumbling and people are dying and the church is is becoming old and great and, and empty and so I said, so you, you're not just leaving us here, right? You're, you're doing something. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing something. I just haven't done it yet. I'm, I'm preparing. I'm moving. And I only say that it's a work of the Holy Spirit because I have so many people that I've talked to from all different places say or, or have this hunger. They want more. They're seeking. They're hungry. Like The Lord is awakening in us, a hunger for Him to... I need, a, I need a really good scripture right now about thirsting after the Lord and seeking Him and being awakened in our slumber. So,
0: Yeah, there's a ton of them. Psalm 63 is a beautiful one. Uh, you can look that one up if you want. Oh God, you are my God for you. I long for you. My soul is thirsting. My body pines for you like a dry, weary land without water. So I uh, long to gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory for your love is better than life. My lips will speak your praise. So I'll bless you all my life. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul shall be filled as with the banquet, and my mouth shall uh, praise you with joy. Okay. Am um, I better remember you? Okay, I'll, I'll stop. That's <laughs> Sunday, week one. I need a
1: uh, good one. I, I need, like, you know when you hear the scripture and you're just like, yes, that's it. It has to be something that maybe God gives us. Okay, these are the lyrics, Dad, as you're quoting scripture. Um Way so make, I quote scripture. You quote. I'm going Michael to quote, quote lyrics. It's hey, nice. it's this a lyric
0: in the book of Michael W. Smith. <laughs> I love
1: it. Hey, weren't you, were you not quoting three different songs when we started uh, prayer? Yeah,
0: I was quoting liturgical prayer. Oh, all right. So, so this is what it says. Um,
1: even when I don't see it, when, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working you never stop, you never stop working. (laughs) And they sing that like three times. Um, It's a beautiful song, but you got to look it up and have, uh, is it Mendoza, the gal that sings it with him? I can't, I have to look it up on Spotify. It's a great worship song and it fires me up every time I hear it. But that he's a miracle worker and he is a promise keeper and he is a way maker and he's the light in the darkness. These are some of the lyrics. (laughs) Uh, And this is who he is. And I, when I sing this song, I just claim his victory, even though I don't see it, even though I don't always feel it. And, you know, we on the show will say, God has brought us here or he's doing a work, but It's been a struggle. It's not, oh, this is easy. This is like, let's compete to see who can stay up the longest and pray the hardest and do all-night adoration. It's not that kind of supernatural move. And I know that there are seasons in our life where it was really exciting to go do an all-night prayer meeting or really exciting to go to a tent revival in three days, hearing preaching and praying and seeking God and worshiping. I've not seen that in years. I've not seen that move of God. Now, maybe I'm in the wrong church. (laughs) Sorry. Or maybe I haven't found that group. I don't know. But um, when you have this—when we used to um, have probians at our house when we were young, and the Lord just um, hit us over the head with His Holy Spirit, we would— be so competitive to see who had the best God stories, who could evangelize better, who would stay up and read their Bible longer, who could quote the most scriptures. It was just like jealousy, like this holy jealousy to outdo each other in kindness and service and seeking God and and being a witness for him. It was so awesome. And it was so easy. <laughs> I think that's the thing. It was just so easy. It was just flowing through our veins. And we loved the Lord in such a fervor, uh, fervent way. And it wasn't just emotional; it it was real. It was tangible. It was like, "What you don't believe in Jesus? What's wrong with you?" Like I'm gonna slap someone. Up. Like, how could you not know He's real? Because He was just so transformative in our family and in our lives, and it was just awesome. Anyhow, that that Holy Spirit, that covering, was a gift, and it and I don't know why God has lessened it or removed it. But I feel like there's a new wave, a new awakening that is on the horizon. I don't know why. I just I, Because I look at my brothers and sisters and I read the Son of the Times and I see the fruit and I see the hunger. And I'm like, Lord, you put this in our hearts. We are not you know, manifesting this on our own account. This is our Father who art in heaven. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. He has put this longing in our heart and it is a grace. And I'm going to seek him until we find and awaken within us the great one. That's, Amen.
0: That's that's really so beautiful. I think you're speaking the desire of many uh, in what you've just said, because there's so many folks that I've been meeting with, you've been meeting with in our different groups, and just that we see, and uh, just all across this area, um, and of course in other parts of the listening audience. But so many folks here in Eastern Washington and Northern Idaho are have that spiritual hunger and are looking for more of the Holy Spirit. When we come back, we're going to tell you what's going to happen next Tuesday night. We'd love to have you there. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Carran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. Carrie, uh, you were just sharing about this. You you were preaching. You were exhorting around the hunger that you have for more of the Holy Spirit. It is the Lord. It's the Lord. It is Him. Well, and and I mentioned that there are many who are saying, they're preaching at us in that same thing. When are we going to get together? When are we going to get together? When are we going to get together? Well, Tuesday night. And over the course of the next several Tuesday nights, as many as seven or eight, we're going to just start meeting. And we're meeting in Mead, so just north, uh, like sort of northeast Spokane, a little bit north, a little bit east of Spokane, north of Spokane Valley. We're going to meet at some friend's uh, house for a big old prayer meeting. And I'm going to be doing seven teachings on different aspects of lives as disciples, all with the idea that we would uh, have an experience of the deeper release of the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so if you are in the Spokane area, if you're in the Coeur d'Alene area, if you're anywhere in that corridor and you want to come out 6.30 to 8.30 on Tuesday night, it's a prayer meeting. Uh, we're going to praise and worship. I'm going to give a teaching. We'll have a testimony and a time for fellowship. Uh, very simple, super simple. And it's all simply a way to have us Catholics and others come together to seek the Lord, to welcome the Lord, and to watch what the Lord wants to do. So many people hunger to go deeper, and we just want to create a space to be able to have that happen. So, Tom,
1: if people want to get the address directions, what that kind of thing, are they going to text me, text you, email you? They can...
0: Uh, <laughs> you want them to email me? They can text, they can go to a uh, couple of easy, easy choices. Tom at MyCatholicFaith.org. Do you
1: answer that email? I do. I'll get that, yeah. Okay. Tom
0: at MyCatholicFaith.org. Or just go to MyCatholicFaith.org, and you can, there's, it says Contact Dr. Tom right there on the website. Um, and if you want a phone number, just go to DrTomCurran.com. And it's 1-800-DR-TOM-CURRAN. That's, uh, wait, is it 1-800? Wait, who answers that, that phone? What's that? It, it rings on my phone. Oh, it does? Yeah. I didn't know that. Look, look at what you know. Uh, all these look things what that what I, what I didn't you know, know about. So, I want a 1-800 number. Yeah. I, I, I got want, my own number. I wanna... It's 877-DR-TOM-CURREN. Oh. Uh, so 877-378-6628. But it's 877 doctor tom Curran. Obviously, that's more than seven numbers, but you can remember it easily So enough. can they
1: text that number?
0: They cannot text that number. Okay, they'd Sorry. have to call you. They have to call that number. <laughs> It'll get connected to me. <laughs> this sounds confusing. Why are
1: you we'll, laughing? we'll have to figure out a great way to let people know.
0: Uh, you just go to mycatholicfaith.org, right there. Call, you know, contact Dr. Tom. It's not, But it's like
1: three steps. Well, then they have to contact you. First, they have to go to the site, then they have to contact you, then you have to contact them back. We know how, okay, I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe if we posted the information I'm just ready
1: to share my phone number no. um it, it's really great this sunday is a, a tent revival i don't know if i've been to a tent revival in years have you been to have you ever been to a tent revival yeah.
0: david wilkerson you went to his i did yeah in was, new york no it was in the, uh, manchester new hampshire it was a um it was a interdenominational it's a interdenom- or ecumenical okay and so i was there with um, St. Marie's. I was working for St. Marie's at the time, and a whole bunch of us went out representing the Catholic Church at this um, public revival, public call to revival, and he was the headline speaker because he's you know famous for The Cross and the Switchblade, oh, David Oh, yeah, I've
1: read that. I love that book well, as a kid. That, that was fired me
0: up. Carrie, you know, that was the book that um, was used in, at the Ark and the Dove Retreat Center by the, at the beginnings of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. They were reading The um, the Cross and the Switchblade no. on their retreat. And then one at a time on Saturday night, they started feeling drawn to the chapel, one after the other. And they experienced what he describes in one of those chapters. Are you the cross serious? And the switchblade. Yeah. Because...
1: I didn't know they were reading that book when the, it was yeah. not, are you talking with Ralph Martin and No, it wasn't
0: Ralph Martin. It wasn't it was, that um, group. It was Patty Mansfield. It was I thought Ralph um, Martin was there. No, he wasn't there. People think he was there, but he wasn't there. It was but a lot of the like the very earliest again, the the, the foundational folks, the yeah, earliest remember folks that. that were part of the it
1: was like an 82? The, 67. What?
0: Carrie <laughs> <laughs> eighty-two. No, it was That was me. That was my career. It was Duquesne. It yes. was in Duquesne. And that was in 67? 1967, Duquesne wow, University. Even born. They were on a retreat at the Ark and the Dove Retreat Center because uh, the Kara Center USA bought the house. They bought the retreat center. Like a museum? No, <laughs> now the- they, they use it as their headquarters. Oh. Um, so they bought it just as a, this should be a monument to the start of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. That's what I meant, a monument. At least in the United States. Okay. There are some who say the Catholic, the Catholic Charismatic Renewal had already happened in other parts of the world,
1: okay.
0: Uh, but in in for all intents and purposes, when people think about where did it start, they think of Duquesne University, this retreat. So blah, they blah, were blah. reading this, the cross and the switchblade. Yeah, in and one of the chapters, I if I chapter five, I bet that's you comes to, to my on. mind. There was a chapter in there that described the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I re- I remember when I read that book, I was like, wow, that is really powerful. Well, they all had read that. And then they again, they came down to their chapel, and then one after the other began to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit just fell on them, and then they started manifesting the gifts of the spirit. So a bunch of college students, right? Yeah, there, there was no one leading them. There was no one that was really mature and all of that. It was just a bunch of college students.
1: That's what happened at our in our family. We were in high school though. I was in elementary, i was i was in middle school. And it was a lot of high school kids, very lost, desperately crying out to God, and the Holy Spirit fell, and it was just this four-hour explosion. And, you know, people can question it, or, you know, it was this or th- but man, the Lord showed up. It was God. It was without a doubt. It was the coolest thing, and my parents were upstairs. It was in our house, and there's seven or eight in the garage. I wasn't actually in the garage. I just heard all the noise. Um, it happened to me a little bit later, but... My parents were upstairs in their bedroom going, what is going on down there? What is going on? And just screaming and yelling. And oh, it was just funny. It was just to think about it and just like, it was crazy. And I guess you just see how, you know, we were lost. When I say lost, we were really wayward. We were very self-focused, selfish, even though we were going to daily mass and and trying to be um, Catholic to honor our mom. That personal encounter was not there. And so there was just a lot of sin and darkness, and um, I don't know. If I was going to go with this. I th- I think today I'm looking at kids nowadays. How much more are they lost? I mean, at least we all believed in God, and you know we knew He was real. Nowadays, you have kids that not not only don't believe in God, but they take all their anger and all their passion against God, it's almost as if they're picking up the sword that God has created to fight darkness and to fight evil, the anger, the hatred, the opposite of love, they've taken it against God himself, and they've taken up the sword against their creator, which is just so much more messed up, (laughs) so much more messed up, and to think that the Lord's just going to sit there and watch that and not let his grace fall, let his Holy Spirit fall and break those who are just so distraught and lost
0: and broken. Well, it sounds like a St Paul. Uh, he had what he believed was righteous indignation against the Christians. And so he was seeking them out to put them in prison. And and so, you know, he was riding on his horse, right? On the road to Damascus when the Lord just knocked him off his horse. And it was the bright light of his glory that mm-hmm. converted him. Actually, he didn't experience the full conversion until laying hands Mm -hmm. of, I I love the story, Ananias, what happens. uh, Remember now, St. Paul sees Christ and hears his voice. The others didn't hear. They heard thunder, or they heard but didn't see. Hmm. He was the only one that saw and heard, but he ended up blind. So he had to be led, the one who was so powerful, in control, driving forward, thinking he knew what he was doing, and Jesus knocked him off his horse and said, "Why are you persecuting me?" And uh, he said, "I'm going to make you, um, I'm going to make you the uh, apostle to the Gentiles." Well, he gets led to this place where he just fasts and prays, and um, and then <laughs> the Lord sends uh, Ananias to him, and uh, it's funny because he, the Lord speaks to Ananias in his prayer and says, "Go, go talk to Saul. Go pray over Saul." and and I says, Lord, I don't think you've heard, but he's been persecuting Christians. You know, you probably, <laughs> did you know that? I just get is the biggest so kick funny? out of that. Yeah. I know. Like, hello. And, and then he lays hands and the Holy Spirit falls. And that's when the blinders fall. Okay. And I think that's, that's what's happening, is that the Holy Spirit is falling and there'll be scales that fall from people's eyes. Yes. And right now there are scales on the eyes of many Catholics um, who maybe grew up Catholic, practice their faith, have Catholic beliefs, but don't know the power of the Holy Spirit.
1: Hey, how about just all the grandchildren that have left church? Yeah. How about all the millions, hundreds of thousands of grandchildren, children, children people listening that are grandparents, it's and their children it's have millions. left church, it's and now they're seeing yeah. their grandchildren being Not eviscerated, baptized, right? just lost in the culture, lost in all the trans, lost in all the... Uh, Just lost. It's just so heartbreaking to see. And I just can't imagine our our good good father standing by and saying, well, you guys need to pray a little more. You need to fast a little more. He's like, I, I just keep thinking it's holding the line. He's just waiting. He's waiting. He's encircling the enemy. He's preparing a way. Even when we can't see him working. Where's that lyric? Even when we don't see him working, he's working. He's a miracle worker a way maker and i don't know i just think thank the lord that we're born in in this time for a time such as this um so anyhow there's a tent revival on uh on sunday night in deer is it deer, is it deer park deer park yep deer park washington and some gals that i know that i go to bible study with they invited me and i said hey do you mind if i invite some of my catholic friends they're like oh sure there's like three churches come in and it's just we're praying and we're hearing prophetically from the Lord. It's like, okay, we're coming. Well, it'll just be like when you went to that Dave Wilkerson uh, tent revival. You had your own Catholic group. Well, I'll bring all the Catholics.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, it's just that you, you will find that there's so much common cause. I think, for instance, the work that I've done over the decades with, um, with the pro-life movement, united Catholics with so many evangelicals. Mm -hmm. The work that I've done when I was on the West Side, Mm -hmm. I had quite a bit of interaction with very influential Christian leaders who loved Catholics, loved the Catholic Church, Mm -hmm. and wanted to partner in order to take on certain challenges. Um, I think of like the Family Policy Institute, and for a number of years had Mark Malosha as the executive director. A tremendous Catholic voice in a nonprofit apostolate that is Christian. And so the idea of having common cause among faith filled followers of Jesus Christ who move in the power of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. that will be a hallmark. That's going to be a hallmark of joining arm in arm where we can, as we can, to come against the forces of evil in our culture.
1: Yeah. You know, I was just thinking, as you mentioned, pro-life, Roe versus Wade being overturned. And I heard a couple of different prophetic videos where people had prophesied that when this is overturned, there's going to be a release or a grace or a, a move of God. I wonder if this, I mean, this is kind of aligning with that. It's just interesting. I don't know. Just well, had to throw that out there. I did love. Did you see
0: Mary Grace? Our daughter sent us an article and pointed to the role of Amy Coney Barrett.
1: Oh, I think I shared that with you. Oh, you shared that. Yeah. Oh no, I shared it with how it was Alliance Life. I think I shared how oh, the yeah, Alliance
0: defending freedom. Yes, okay, how but this they. This was a different one. Oh no, I this didn't. This was see that one, one, and it was it was talking about the influence that Amy Coney Barrett had. On the court. Seriously, I want to read that. Because yeah. she is
1: spirit-filled. She comes from a, a covenant, covenant community,
0: community that is... Baptized whole, in the Holy Spirit. Totally and, on fire. Has yeah.
1: total prayer protection from her group and her family. And I mean, her garden angels must be awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I sent this funny video uh, meme to my family. I don't know if you've seen this one. You probably have. But it says... Um, this gal on Twitter is super mad. I think she's popular. But she says, The U.S. Roman Catholic Church is absolutely to blame for the overturning of Roe versus Wade. It is important to be clear about this. And then the scale responds, What can I say except you're welcome? <laughs> she puts these little music notes, and it was just funny. I didn't actually go look it up, it up on Twitter. Someone just screenshotted it to me.
0: And, and what does that do? I love what it does because it ends up saying, uh, let's make it clear. Let the scales fall from the eyes. There are those that are for the killing of babies in their mother's wombs. And there are those who follow Jesus Christ who are called Catholic, who stand for life. And not only Catholics, but the Catholic Church and Catholics, and you can look at the Catholic influence on the Supreme Court, stood for life. And through the Dobbs decision, overturned Roe versus Wade. And praise be to God for that. Praise be to God for that, that if you're going to come after us because we're Catholic and pro-life, bring it on. Bring it on. If you're going to come at us because we're Catholic and we believe and proclaim that God made us male and female, and we believe that's going to help young people flourish, and to teach them a transgender ideology that's rooted in a dark source, that that's going to lead kids into dark, broken places, bring it on. This is... This is the spiritual battle that we're waging today, and we better do it with God's power, with the tools that God has given to us.
1: And to remember who our enemy really is. It's not it's not the people. It's yeah. the devil.
0: Yeah, it's not people who hold these positions. It's uh, there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of again frustration in people's lives. And you know what? The Lord let it, let him let him fall. Let the Holy Spirit come, let him fall, and let's see what God will do. But we also better be cleansed vessels
1: yes i agree I, I think he's gonna and this we can talk about this next i think he's calling for people to seek him and to be purified and he's going to bring that grace he's going to make it our desire to seek after a good father amen
0: Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran, joined by my lovely wife, Carrie. And one more time, if you're interested in coming and joining us for our first prayer meeting, let's go. We'd love to have you there. Tuesday night, 6.30 to 8.30. It's uh, in Mead, so a little bit east of Spokane and north of Spokane Valley. Uh, It's at just uh, some friends of ours' homes. They open up their home. We're going to have some beautiful praise and worship uh, I'm going to be just doing a series of teachings, and uh, my first one is uh, going to be on the, the this call of the moment to be uh, faith-filled, fervent disciples of Jesus Christ, filled with the Spirit. And um, it would be a great time for fellowship, testimony. Um, and one thing that will be happening there, Carrie, is we're going to let folks that have made the move here share their testimonies, because they all have these stories to tell about what God, what was happening in their lives, how God intervened. And what it took for them to say, we have to take more serious action than we imagined. No half measures. We got to go all in. And in their instance, it was make a move. And wherever they ended up, whether it was Spokane or whether it was Coeur anywhere in between, um, they're going to tell their story. And every story has a uniqueness to it that is so powerful and so encouraging.
1: Yes, that'd be great, Tom. Hey, when I was up in... Uh... Lake.
0: If you want to come,
1: oh, you gonna give a.
0: <laughs> go to mycatholicfaith.org, mycatholicfaith.org, mycatholicfaith.org. You can connect with me there, or go to drtomcarron.com and call me. You'll see the phone number there. Go All right,
1: ahead. now can I share? Yes, what please. Share? <laughs> yes, you're please. welcome. <laughs> what can I say except you're welcome? Uh, self knowledge and self discipline. This is a fantastic. Book. It is the best self-help book I've ever read. I, I have to say that. Would you agree? I know you read it a few years ago.
0: I read that book in 1983. Was I even born? Were you even born? Yes, you were <laughs> 13 years old. Uh, how do I know it was 1983?
1: Uh, Holy Spirit baptized you. No, it was. Uh, you are in the seminary. No, no you were only 18. I, yeah,
0: 19. 19. How do I know? I was 18 and a half. What happened was... Um, When I experienced my awakening of faith, the summer of 83, I approached the pastor. He was the father, Joe Riley, who he was the one who brought me out to the tabernacle. And I had that awakening moment of encounter. Well, he, I, I, as I started to go to mass that summer and started to pursue faith more fully, he's like, well, I can be your spiritual director. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but okay. So I would go and meet with him. And talk about what was happening in my prayer life, and that was the first book he gave me. I don't. I'm gonna see when this was written. It was like 1915. Because something it like doesn't that.
1: have all the gobbledygook, current self-help words and, and right. buzzwords. I know and it's a
0: traditional Catholic. It
1: is so based in. What do you say? There's a foundational.
0: It's it's, it's traditional just, Catholic anthropology. Ugh, it's so okay. good. I'm just to tell you, it's the best. And it's
1: easy to read. It's not. If I can read, it's it, oh, it, it's easy to it's understand. Profound. Easy to understand. It's
0: difficult to implement. That's great. Well, it is transformative. We is need what the it the Holy is. Spirit.
1: When, I'm looking for the copyright. Okay, there you go. It is. Well, this says 2020 because I just no the it. original one. If you look, I know, I can't, it doesn't it'll have say it. Say it's
0: an original one.
1: Unfortunately, anyhow. I just found it to be so re- – I mean, I couldn't get enough of it. I kept reading it and reading it, and the kids would be out at the lake swimming or early in the morning, I'd get up with – oh, so beautiful. Just being out in nature, it's so refreshing, not having a phone. Um, And I just – hungering. And it, it was a gift, Tom, because the book is – it's simple to – under. it's simple to read, but it is – thought-provoking. Like I have to stop and reread and reread and just think, Like how does this apply to my life? Because it doesn't give you a lot of examples, but it gives you the philosophy of life. So you have to think, well, what does he mean when he's, he says this or that? And it,
0: it goes through... And just again, the book is called Self-Knowledge and Self-Discipline. I, I tried
1: to look it up. This is so funny. And I, I typed it in and I accidentally typed, I don't know what I typed, but it gave me self-knowledge and self-love. All these books on self-love. This is not self-love. <laughs> this is this is current pop culture books, self-love. No, this is not what we're talking about. We're talking about Christ-centered love, which is so refreshing. Um, How do you
0: spell the author's last name?
1: Uh, M-A-T-U-R-I-N. But you can get the PDF. I just wanted the book. I wanted it together. I wanted to write in it. I want it all. I say I've gotten the PDF before, and I hand it out like, by chapters to different people. <laughs> I was like, I just want the book so I can write in it and take notes and keep it all together. It's very well, and here's nice the, to put here's together. The,
0: I, w- I just want to just note a really cool thing about this is that I never would have stumbled onto that book written uh, no, around, you written you around find 1915. This. You never would have. I never you, would have stumbled I, on it. It was Father Joe Riley, who, just, whatever reason, was prompted at that moment to pull that book off his shelf, handed it to me. I took it home. I started reading it. And I remember how struck I was by it. But I read your photocopy version. No, hold on. How did I find that? The reason, the reason is... <laughs> that was like
1: 20, 10 years ago. Sorry.
0: Can, can I finish my yes, story? Yes, no. Yes, no. This is a great story. So <laughs> I remember reading that book and uh, before I entered the seminary. And in reading it, really struck by a, a few themes. And one of the themes that came out of that book was a very simple but profound idea conscience is the voice of God within. So simple. What is conscience? It's the place within your heart where God speaks. It's the voice of God within you. I still remember, it was so fascinating, that simple insight. I was at sitting at a lunch table at the North American College with some really, really smart guys. And these guys were Really being clever and, and advanced, you know, they were two or three years ahead of me, and all speaking big language of philosophy and theology, and and said something about uh, conscience, and I said, well, I'm not sure about that, I don't think... and they said, oh yeah, what's conscience? And I said, oh, conscience is the voice of God within, and they're like, okay, let's keep moving on. I, I don't know why I remember that. Not funny well, story. Well, because you shut them up. You're like, damn, let's go. Small-
1: Small boy on campus telling the big go. kids. But, uh, did they know, let you eat
0: at their lunch table after that? I didn't you? sit with them after that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, Jesus choice. called me away. Good but choice. Here's the thing. The, um, that, book, that book, oh, that guy who said that to me, he ended up getting ordained. He left the priesthood, and I would write him letters. I would write him letters. He wasn't a friend of mine, and I was just saying, not sure what you're going through, but I'm praying for you. Not sure what you're going through, but just felt prompted to write you to let you know that I'm supporting you in prayer. Hmm. I wrote him. I don't know, maybe five or six letters over the course of a couple of years. And you know what he wrote back? Not sure. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> <He> never... <laughs> I have no idea. He never wrote me back. He never got him. But there was just that sense of I was supposed to write him to let him know that I'm supporting him in prayer. That's awesome. But let's come back to this book, self knowledge and self discipline. It had that impact on me such that 30 years later, here we are. We're married. Yes. And they was like, wait a minute! What was that book? What was that book? What was that book? I remembered the title, looked it up online, found a PDF version, downloaded it, and printed it. And and that's when I started giving you sections of it. Was, really? Yeah. That was like ten years ago, though. Yeah, it was. Well, I think it was a little longer uh, than that. Oh. Yeah, maybe it was ten years ago. And I gave it away to people. Yeah,
1: because I loved it so you much. You sent
0: some to your brother Bobby. I remember that.
1: Yeah, and I bought the book for Mike Prado.
0: So just to say, isn't it interesting how the Lord can like, grab a book, yes, and say, "I'm gonna just lift this book up and out." It's not too uh, clever marketing. I
1: think Tom, if someone has a, a mission or a sense, this book needs to be revitalized, re well renewed. God well, can do it. was it. right there? Well, I have it, but I'm like, how many people don't know about how awesome this book is? It really it's it, it's written for Catholics, but it transcends all religions and. I mean, if you really want self-help, because well, it's, it's authentic this,
0: human. Oh, it's human formation.
1: It explains why we do what we do. Like why do we do? And it gives you just sound advice on how to transform yourself. But not me. It's through prayer. It's through seeking the Lord. It's through, in the. It's scripture throughout. It's uh, church teaching throughout. Um, it's poetic too. He's very poetic, and he gets caught up in, um. Just big picture things about describing the sinner in, in London streets or Yeah, but the he's also very and, grounded.
0: He gives... Oh, yeah. I, it's written by a priest, and, and it's very grounded. He gives lots of examples, and examples that knock, it, knock me to the ground. Like, every, oh my oh yeah, gosh, yeah. I'm very humbled by this. So good. I'm not living up to this.
1: And it helps me, if you feel alone, like I don't know myself, or I don't know why I do, or I don't know how my mind and my will work with my passions and my heart and my brain. He breaks it all open
0: and he explains just how you... It's not based on modern theories of psychology. It's it's classical Catholic anthropology, which is what's an understanding of what a human being is. So it goes into emotions, the will... You know these the heart. appetites and desires, the yes. heart, the imagination, mind. memory. It's so yeah. good. He he goes into all of those things, and, and the importance of moral value, the the moral good, and and what does that do for character? How do you build character? And then what about the flesh versus the spirit? All of those things he goes into, which is just super helpful. Yeah. Um. So the self knowledge and self discipline. So you didn't even get to a quote yet, dear. I know. That's my fault. I. <laughs> I know. It's just so much. It's like I, It was so much. It was so good. Well, we're up against a break, Carrie. When we come back, I want you to pull out a couple of quotes so we can talk about them. Back in a minute with more sound insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Carnell with my wife, Carrie, on this Faith and Family Friday talking about uh, the gift of this beautiful book, Self-Knowledge and Self-Discipline. Um, and that's one of the ways the Spirit works, is he'll stir attention to a certain book like this one. And you've got – I am going to say the Holy Spirit has led you to a quote. What's the? You've got the book open. I have a whole bunch of marked you're pages. Ready to, you're ready to go. I'm Let's, ready to read it again. I want to hear it. Let's I'm going to go
1: read it again. Uh, you can go – like if you're on this side of the mountains, you're allowed – I think it's seventy free printouts per week. <laughs> so you can go on the, you can go sign into the school, to your local the li- library. Library, about? yeah, yeah. I'm getting there. My brain doesn't work like yours. Uh, you go to the library and put in your number, and you can um, go on on uh, Google, download the PDF or pull up the PDF and print. 70 pages and then go back the following week and get another 70 pages or just print it at home if you have a printer that works. Or you can
0: order the book Or online. just buy
1: the book. It's so good and the cover's really nice actually. It's soft and it's a great quality. The paper's thick. I'm just loving it. Anyhow okay this is like like I said it's kind of out there and it's poetic. Just
0: read it. Okay
1: okay. <laughs> I'm excited to read this. It is a strange thing when we consider it That of most of the great enterprises which men undertake, what they would consider the mere accidents are often the most important results. And the enterprises themselves, their success or failure, are in truth but accidents. How many men realize that by far the most important result of the business they are engaged in, which taxes all their powers, mental and physical, is not whether it succeeds or fails. But whether it makes them honest or dishonest, thorough or ship, is it slipshod, generous or mean towards the men they deal with, and a word, the moral effects upon themselves. Uh, why did I choose that quote? Many a man has purchased no, just, success at the price of moral failure. Its character, this is the chapter, The Discipline of the Will. Mm -hmm. Okay, I like that because it's just this huge look at what's the purpose of having a career? What's the purpose of work? What's the purpose of, you could even say for a mother. What is your goal? What are you seeking after? What are you striving for? Um, And so it gives these big picture ideas and then it drills down.
0: But what he just said, (laughs) almost (laughs) literally nobody says today in any of these self-help books because all these self-help books are all about what he calls their the accidents, as compared to the essence, right? The substance and accidents. The substance is the core. It's the, it's the heart of the matter. It's the, it's the, it's the reason for something. The accidents are the features that happen to be part of something, but are not at the essence of them. Okay. So, Substance and accidents. It's, it's a Catholic <laughs> way of understanding the human being. I
1: think we could probably go through this book in a year. You explaining to me what it really means, okay. and then
0: me and I, my understanding. But what, but what does he say? He says something that's simple and profound. Yes. He's like, look, these people, they're building a business, and they think what they're building their business for is to make a new car and make a lot of money doing it and employ some people along the way. And he's like, no, that is not the essence of what you're about. The yes. essence of what you're about is, what did all of that do to you? Did it make you more generous? Did it make you more kind? Did it make you more honest? Honest. Did it make you more good? Did you grow in your character? Yes. Did you will the good while you were building the business? Because if that business didn't make you a better man, that business was a failure in your life. Profound. Yeah. Tom, that's just so
1: profound. This foundational way of how you see your And do you know why he says that?
0: No. He says that because if you go back a few pages. Oh, well, yeah, I don't Here's the I don't, why. How do you
1: remember this? You read this like 10 years ago. I just read no, it last I read week. I 30 years ago. I cannot remember any. I have to like reread it all the time. The reason why
0: is that he says the most important things in life are things that endure beyond death. The most important things that are part of your life are the things that will survive your death. Not really things, though. Those aspects of your life that will, well, just ask, what survives death? Guess what doesn't survive death? That business. What does survive death? Your moral character. And how is that? The virtues. It's your soul. It's the development of you as a human being. Oh, that you are
1: going on to eternity.
0: You will live You're not taking anything with you. (laughs) You, you. You take with you who you are. Nice. And so who you are is what endures. So don't pour your life out for a business, for a thing, for stuff, or for aspects of life that end in death. You want to invest yourself in things that will help you manifest forever.
1: Hey, Tom, I think we should just every week do like a quote and then you explain it. <laughs> so, so, no, because you so, you're so good at, expo, at breaking open and teaching human truths you really are and I just don't have the content to give you because I don't have that within me but I could use this book as like a a Oh, what is it called? I don't know.
0: That'll be your uh, that'll be your your platform. <laughs> platform.
1: Right? Okay. One other quote, and and that was just a tiny quote in a big chapter. This is a chapter on the discipline of the mind. So it does the will, the mind, the heart. Yeah, fashions. but
0: before you even get to that, I know you want to keep going in this. You're going, going to deep going that, dive. This point is so good. I know, but there's so many good points. Brothers and sisters, just stop and hear that so many and many think about points. it. And it's like all the things that you're doing. So when we talk about sports. The kids' sports. Why are the kids involved in the sports? And it, is it making them better kids, not better players? Yes. The player part goes away. The kid part endures. Kind. Okay. Are they being honest? Are they are being they good? Are they being generous? Are they being sacrificial? Are they being patient? Are they blah, blah, blah. Okay, continue. Uh, the mind
1: is, this is for summer sloth. The mind is ever working, never at rest. It will feed upon whatever food it is given it. If it is given wholesome food, it will develop and grow strong. If it is given unhealthy food, it will grow morbid and sickly. If it is given no food, it will feed upon itself and wear itself out. Mental sloth, inaction, a lack of any intellectual interest leaves the mind open to become the prey of any thoughts that, they may, that may enter or turns it in upon itself. If it were kept in healthy activity and its interests were constantly engaged, a great deal of mischief would be avoided and this consideration should not be forgotten or ignored on the ground that they that any work of restoration or penitence can only be done by the grace of god okay i know you have 18,000 things to say about I, that yeah, i <laughs> like you're like today i can tell you're like oh my gosh okay let me
0: tell okay, you stop talking stop talking <laughs> stop talking okay so all right, let me let me summarize no that would take too long let me let me explain no that'll take too long let me summarize let me sum up uh, to sum up don't Eat intellectual junk food because it'll make you intellectually unhealthy. So
1: all the self help books that are out there today, throw them away. Not just self help books. Carrie. Just no, it's, it's
0: taking Get in content. Good. If you just broaden the concept, it's not just uh, it's not just what book you're reading. It's what content is your mind. Absorbing. Okay,
1: so bigger than just it's, self-help. Books.
0: Well, what videos? What podcasts? What what, what podcasts? radio programs? What are you listening to? What is feeding your mind? And are you feeding it junk food? Are you? There's intellectual junk food. There's stuff that is just there. It's like, boy, that tastes good, but it's having a terrible effect on you. Or
1: how about? Are you even feeding your mind? Are Some you, people I, don't even take time. They just buzz, buzz, buzz on social media. And it's eating its it's what does it say? It will wear yourself out. You will wear yourself out if you intellectually are not growing and growing towards it's all about growing towards God, yeah. growing towards heaven. It's not so, ever about growing for your self purpose. It's so about
0: self-knowledge and self-discipline involves the disciplining of the mind. So there is such a thing as physical exercise. There's also such a thing as intellectual exercise. We think of spiritual exercises, we think of prayer and fasting, Yes, right? We think of physical exercise. that's easy. But what about intellectual exercises? Would you even know what to do if I said to you, are you exercising your intellect? Well,
1: when you think about school systems, we want to form minds. And that doesn't stop when you graduate.
0: Right. So just to say, the classical methodology says there are certain powers of the soul, right, that... The the mind, another word for soul, involves the memory, the intellect, the will, right? And so when you talk about how am I exercising these things in terms of learning, well, there's memorization, there's logic, and there's rhetoric, which is about moving. That's the will. So there's a way to educate intellectually to, what do they say the classical method is all about? It's about learning how to learn. And what does that mean? It means knowing the powers of your mind— That God has given you, and how do you exercise those powers of the mind so that they are mature for moral character for no 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 this is just the mind this is just intellectual see I
1: think we I think we definitely need to do this every week yeah because you can barely touch upon what I just read
0: so I think about this and I'm saying like when you get up in the morning and you see me sitting there praying quietly. If I had more time, and I should make more time, it's just an excuse that I don't. I would normally have a book I would be reading, and then a journal to write in. I think there's going to be a phone dad.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a phone burning ceremony, nice. like they used to burn books and they used to burn uh, CDs. Remember when we had our Holy Spirit moment and my ki- my siblings all broke their records? And there's going to be a phone burning ceremony. I just ceremony. Think we need
0: to move from smartphone to wise phone. Right? The <laughs> just, wise phone just cleans out. It cleanses the mind. <laughs> All right, Carrie, we are up against the end of the program. All right, we do pray God's blessings on your day. Love to see you on Tuesday night, 6 30 to 8 30. Go to Tom at my cath- Email me, Tom at my faith.org. Say, I want in, I want in, I want to come. Or uh, give me a call. Go to drtomcurran.com. You can call me there, or MyCatholicFaith.org. You can message me there. Okay, thank you. Carrie, thank you. Of course. All right, love you guys. Love you guys. <laughs> love you, dear. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. Talk to you on Monday. With more science.